0: Hi, I'm Rick Tittle, and this is the Rick Tittle Podcast on the Eight Side Network. Join me as I get busy with the biggest names in sports and entertainment. All right, thank you for that. Welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you, coast to coast and around the world on the American Forces Radio Network. It's our pleasure to welcome to the show the general manager of LAFC of MLS, John Thorington. And uh, they're very excited down there because they have uh, inked Giorgio Chiellini, the great Italian defender. John, welcome to the show. And um, I know that you were um, with the Man United uh, setup, uh, the old YTS, those youth team scout days. Were you part of the days of Yovan Karadzic, the Neville brothers, Skulls, Giggs, Beckham, those guys?
1: Yes. Well, first of all, thank you for thank you for having me. So. I did not overlap with Jovan. Jovan had left, I believe, the year prior mm-hmm. because he could not get a work permit. I thankfully did not have that issue because my father was born in the UK. So I had I did not have the same issues that Jovan did. So I, he he was there before me, and then I think he had left about a year prior, but then the others you mentioned, the gigs, Skulls, and that generation, uh, a bit older than, than I was. But yes, they were there... And I was there from '97, '98, '99 as a young pro, and '99 was the year where they uh, famous year they won everything.
0: Yeah, Nicky Butt. I'm just thinking about some of the other guys um, uh, on that team. Um, I remember Sir Alex tried desperately to, I think he flew to Soho Square, I think before it was Lancaster Gate, to to try to get Karowski to stay before going to Borussia. Dortmund um did you ever deal with Sir Alex did you ever get the hair dryer treatment any of that
1: I certainly did yes I think what what is I think not often talked about because of his success at the highest levels and I actually think it's unfortunate because I think his level of involvement at all levels of that organization throughout his time there is part of why he was so successful and You know, I've I've shared this story a few times, but when you said, did I come across him, certainly you did, and you're all in one building, and he knows everybody there, and that was certainly the case when I was there, physically present there, 97, 98, 99. I remember a really intimidating conversation in 1999 when I had decided that I was going to be leaving and going to Leverkusen in Germany, and how scared I was to walk into his office to let him know that that's where I was going. Um, and that was the last conversation I had with him at that point. And 11 years later, I was at that point playing in Chicago and Man United had come, was there. Their sponsor was Aon at the time, who now are very great sponsors of LAFC as well. But they, they were hosting Man United's first team. And so it was 11 years later. I'm playing there. They came and they trained at the facility, and I still had some friends on the team that were still there and some staff, and I was going to say hi to them. And before I even had a chance to say hi to them, I'm walking down a tunnel, and I hear my name being shouted, and I turn around, and sure enough, it's Sir Alex saying, hey, John. And I was planning on maybe reintroducing myself, but (laughs) he beat me to it. and, And when I say, I'm trying to make sure everybody understands what this means. I never played a meaningful game for this guy. It's not as though he's talking to Roy Keane after 11 years. Mm -hmm. And he remembered my name. He knew everything about my career since I'd left Man United. He was asking about my parents, talking about things that I had, you know, while I was there. And I, I was just awestruck at his memory. And you only remember things like that if you really care. And that was just really evident and um and I still stayed in touch with him following that to this day. And um, certainly I- I've learned a lot from him, both uh, from my own experience with him and then-, and then from afar.
0: That's fantastic. Yeah, it's like the Al Davis of soccer. All right, so then you kind of get your foothold in England with the Terriers in Huddersfield Town and coming so close to getting promoted again. What was it like to kind of have a-, a home team and a place that took you in and you were getting significant playing time?
1: Yeah, I think for me at that stage, so I'd been at Man United, which at that time was the biggest club in the world, and it by some measure still is, but certainly on the field, off the field, everything at that point, those were the glory days, and the, the group of players you mentioned earlier was a young generation who was the core of that team, and I think what I, I found myself at a crossroads at 19, so I'd been there as a as a young pro, and I was in the reserves and, and was very comfortable there, but I thought to myself, looking out towards the future, the key at that point to me was getting minutes at a first-team level, and at that point, in between Man United and Huddersfield, I went to Leverkusen, and they gave me an offer I couldn't refuse. Went there, play their reserves play in the third division, so I really liked that about that opportunity, and then the opportunity, having played there, Came to go return to England um, because Huddersfield's coach at that time had deep connections at Man United, and so that they brought me back. And for me, it was about the pursuit of meaningful first team minutes, which I got at Huddersfield. I spent four years there. I think unfortunately, that was the kickstart of my long list of injuries I had as a player. but when healthy and, and able to contribute, it was a great experience for me. We had some yo yo years and certainly call on those moments still when you think about pressure filled games and situations where you're playing to go. You know, I mean, it's, it's interesting now. So Stoke, who are no longer in the Premier League, but they beat us in the playoffs to go up as did, they, they won the playoffs that year. We played against Brentford in the playoffs team that's now in the Premier League. So it's, I, I love that about English football. And that was a great experience for me to play. Not just in those promotion games but playing in some games where you're trying to stave off relegation and the pressure of those games and the intensity—it was just um, something unique that I had not experienced at, at at that up to that stage or since.
0: No, it's it's uh, absolutely fantastic. All right. Giorgio Chiellini, of course, you know, Italy didn't make the World Cup again. That kind of sped things up for people who don't know. In MLS, you got to put a guy on a discovery list, then you got to use your TAM money. You bring him in, he signs, and, you know, I went to the very first MLS game in San Jose. I worked at the World Cup before that, and I remember they when they were forming the league, they said This isn't going to be like the NASL with only one good team, and we're not going to get old guys who are getting one last check. Now, on paper, people who don't know Chiellini will see his age and think, oh, you know, he's coming over from La Vecchia Signore, and and maybe this is just one more check. But you would not sign this guy if he was not still a premier player. So what do you say to people who are like, isn't this guy a little over the hill?
1: So... Yes, I I certainly have answers to that. I I think our scouting department is, is absolutely fantastic, and I think that served us incredibly well throughout our time. And typically I think our success in that department has been in identifying young players, bringing them in, developing them, and that's always been a part of our model at LAFC. And I think what's been interesting is hearing that comment is that this sense that, oh, this is a significant departure from what LAFC is and has been, et cetera, and I actually think it's the contrary. I think if I were to say to somebody, go find me a player who you would want in a locker room and on a field next to some young prospects in order to help show them how to really make it, how to win, how to carry yourself as a professional, I'd be surprised if there were many players ahead of Giorgio Chiellini, if any. So It it actually... The irony of that comment as to why LAFC is doing this being a departure from what we did, I actually see it as the opposite. It is exactly in line with what we want to do. And I think anybody who thinks that there is any sense of Giorgio taking it easy or retiring or any of those things, they've never, I can't, I can't imagine any of them have ever spoken with him, met him, because <laughs> this guy just is a competitor. He is a winner. You do not do the things he has done even recently. Um unless you you have that in you. And I certainly, we always, to avoid the very fear that is uh, implied in that concern of retirement and vacation or whatever, we always ask, why does this player want to come to LAFC? And that was never the answer. It was never a fear of him coming for a vacation and what have you. And if you, I always think, if you want real information, go close. Go as close as you can to the player. And nobody who knows Giorgio Chiellini, th- those people are not expressing that concern. They're the opposite. Now, certainly people from the outside may see an age, may see that it's a little bit different from what we've normally done. But for me, I challenged our scouts to say, for this value, for what we will get from this guy, take away his age, just watch him play and think about what he can give to our team. And if you can find me a better option for this amount of money, I'll sign him. That's the job of our scouts. And we didn't even come close.
0: Yeah. No, I'm, I'm on your side with this signing. The guy still got a lot in the tank, and you talk about the leadership. Last question for you. LAFC, of course, has a lot of famous owners from Magic to Will Ferrell and Mia Hamm and Nomar, Tony Robbins. Um, but there's one guy who I got to know a little bit up here with his time with the Warriors who are trying to win a title tonight. Rick Welts, great guy, Hall of Famer. What does Rick bring to the, to the table? Because to me, that's just so impressive you got him on your staff.
1: Yeah, so that mainly was due to one of our lead managing owners, Peter Guber, mm-hmm. who along with Lakob is the, the primary owner up, in, uh, up near where you are. And so what Peter did, which is incredibly helpful to us, is both with the Dodgers and with the Warriors – He brought on some really high-powered execs from both teams. And what they offer, Rick being a primary example, and now his, the current president, also Brandon Schneider, does much of the same for us, who's also an investor. These guys are incredibly valuable to us. Just people who see things differently. You know, I think for us, we see, we are bullish on the future of soccer in this country and in the future of our league and the future of LAFC and to be able me to be able to call Rick to call Brandon Schneider to say hey this is a you know this is an issue we're facing with a player or with a you know because Bob Myers is also involved so whether it's a player whether it's something off the field with ticketing with sponsorships what have you these guys are invaluable resources so I think People look at this broad range of owners and think that, think it's somehow cumbersome, but all of them add different value, whether that's magic, whether that's nomar, whether it's the Dodgers executives, Warriors executives. So it is, it is a real value add for us. And certainly the esteem with which it sounds you hold Rick, I wholeheartedly agree. He is, you know, a decorated career as a, as an executive in the NBA and. I would say even more, just a fantastic man. And for us to have access to his wisdom and expertise is incredible.
0: All right, very well said by the general manager of LAFC. Of course, one of the newer clubs in MLS making a big splash getting one of the greatest defenders in Italian history after Paolo Maldini, probably say, you know, the best. Giorgio Chiellini, congratulations on getting Giorgio and we'll see you up here in uh, San Jose, John.
1: Look forward to seeing you. Thanks for having me.
0: You're listening to the Rick Tittle Podcast on the 8-Side Network. Stay tuned for more. Welcome back to Sports Byline, USA, coast-to-coast, border-to-border, and around the world on the American Forces Radio Network. It's our pleasure now to be joined by Steve Terundolo. He is the head coach of LAFC, and there is a lot of uh, great excitement going on with that club is they've not only brought in Giorgio Chiellini, but just in the last couple of days hearing that they've brought in the Welsh international and former Tottenham and Real Madrid star, Gareth Bale as well. Steve, all eyes on you now. It's very exciting. A lot of pressure too, huh?
2: Well, pressure is, uh, whatever you make of it. So, um, we feel comfortable with these signings and these guys coming in. Uh, both are great, uh, people and human beings on top of their uh, extraordinary talent on the field, so um, it's a it's a good fit all around.
0: So, uh, you kind of know what you're going to get out of Chiellini. With Bale, though, you can do so many things with him. You can put him as a center forward, you can have him bomb down the wing, you can basically let him do whatever he wants, go from sideline to sideline. Do you do you have an idea what you're going to do with Bale?
2: Yes, these thoughts and discussions have been made uh, prior to the acquisition of, of both of these players, and Obviously, with Carini, as you pointed out, it's pretty straightforward, and 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 with Gareth, um, he fits in well with our front line of three because we are quite fluid in those positions, and um, we would like our forwards to interchange positions and, and to move into certain spaces. Um, and so it's quite fluid, like I said, and so he will have room uh, for creativity um, to use all of the talents.
0: You know, I think about uh, MLS, and I went to the first ever game at Spartan Stadium in San Jose in in '96. After working at the World Cup in '94, and, and you think about the LA Galaxy, and that was kind of the team with Beckham and Robbie Keane. And I know Chivas tried to get a, a hold on LA, but uh, the Galaxy are old hat now. What's it like to have the in, the entire MLS looking at your team now?
2: Um, well, for me, it's uh, it's all new this year. This is my first season, uh, but it's... I think it's an attest to the hard work that everybody at LFC has been doing. Um you really from A to Z at this club it's uh, very professional. Um I have big ideas and, and the the resources to implement those ideas. And so um it's like I said, it's an attest to all the hard work down has been going on here for the past five years.
0: There are only a handful of Americans, as you know, uh, that have been a success overseas. And you, I don't want to say you owned the Bundesliga, but you owned Hanover. You were the mayor of, of Hanover. So when I say Hanover to you now, it's uh, it's it's your home, right?
2: Um, yeah, it is, it is another home. Um, I have a few homes. And uh, <laughs> L.A. is one of the newer ones. So it's, um, you know, Hanover is is a city that will always be part of my life uh, my children were born there my wife is from there so uh it will always remain a part of my life but um, you know we are very excited about this chapter
0: i remember at the uh the vilt meisterschaft and i was in gelsenkirchen and i got to see the usa versus uh, czech republic there at uh, schalke's Velten's arena and um you were playing for the united states that day and it didn't go our way we lost Three nothing, but but for you, it was. I mean, I don't want to say it was like a home game being in Germany, but but for you, it was. Uh, you know, uh, did it kind of feel like home?
2: Um, yeah, I mean, the, the World Cup was an amazing experience in 2006 when you played out in Germany. Um, it, it did feel like uh, a home event for me, and but coming home now to Southern California also feels very much like home. Um, I grew up in San Diego, which isn't far from LA, but. Um, it's. I have a very. I'm in a very privileged place that I can call two places, and two beautiful places, like Germany and Southern California, my home.
0: That's a couple more questions for Steve Trundolo, the uh, head coach of uh, LF LAFC, the uh, the gaffer. Your transition now to uh, Major League Soccer, and it's a league that has expanded uh, very fast. And there have been some crit- uh, critics saying that maybe it's gone expanded too fast. But as you look at the league, and there are so many teams. Uh, when you look at the league, you look at your division, uh, what are some of the challenges that you have as you start to, uh, you know, watch the tape on all your opponents?
2: Well, it's um, it's an interesting league. Um, there's a lot of teams, a lot of opponents. There's, uh, you know, many ways uh, to get from A to Z, and so I think you see that in this league, which makes it interesting. Um, on top of that, due to our rules and our regulations, um, uh, you know, parity trumps everything. So, um, the difference between the team in first place and the team in last place on the field and on the roster isn't very much. Um, and so most of these games are pretty tight, uh, which makes it very competitive, and uh, coaches and players uh, have to be uh, on top of their game week in and week out. And it's um, uh, it makes it all the more fun.
0: By the way, I'm a former West Coast Conference athlete from St. Mary's, and I know you were uh, a Portland a pilot. What did you think coming down to Moraga back in the day? <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, I loved every minute I spent in the WCC and that, that UP. Um It was, uh, unfortunately, a short stint of my life, but uh, an amazing one, and one where I actually learned a lot and set me up uh, for success later in life.
0: Very good. Now, the United States men's national team, of course, which you uh, got many caps and played many minutes in, in important internationals, Obviously, we missed out on the World Cup cycle in Russia, which was a complete disaster. You know, To, to, uh, to me, it has to be an automatic conform, uh, qualification from CONCACAF. But now moving forward, so many good young players, and I talked about the Bundesliga, guys like Gio Reyna and others. Um, brighter times ahead for us now with the U.S. men's national team, Steve?
2: Yes, uh, absolutely. I think Greg and Ernie um, have done a great job building this roster um, with enough youth to carry us through the next World Cup in in North America. So I think uh, for roster building purposes, um, you know, I give uh, I think they've done fantastic. And the group has seen to come together as a group which um, I know is extremely important uh, in these competitions and in these in these tournaments. Um, and I think we'll have a very strong group this World Cup, but moving towards the next one, an even stronger one.
0: Yeah, you mentioned a couple of your uh, former teammates there. And I know that you were part of our national setup. I know you actually helped with the German national team as well with their, with their youth is, uh, you know, for you, all eyes now just focused on your task at hand and winning a championship. And, you know, LAFC was on the map with some of their big name owners, but uh, now it's time to put the product between the lines, right?
2: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's uh, all of the work that goes into an organization uh, off the field and, and marketing and, and um, it's incredible um, and it's top-notch here in LA but at the end of the day we're all doing this to win something so that is the idea and um, for us um, coaches and and, uh, and players uh, it's all about the next game and we will, we will think week to week until we're able to do something uh, we can talk about for a few years.
0: Alright um, just a couple more questions your favorite goal and I, of course, at your position, you're not going to score a lot of goals. But your favorite goal you ever scored, Bundesliga or USA?
2: Um, good question. Uh, I would say, I would say my first ever Bundesliga goal, which was uh, at Borussia Mönchengladbach, and it was uh, kind of a counter attack. Um, scoring your first goal in the Bundesliga was something special to me, and uh, that's the one that would stick out. Um, and then. There was one other, more of an anomaly than anything else, but a goal against, uh, for the U.S. team, against Germany, in Germany, in Dortmund, uh, it was more of a pass and it was a shot, but <laughs> nonetheless, my name was on the
0: scoreboard. By the way, do you think Paul Calagiri's shot heard around the world uh, was an actual shot? <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, yeah, let's just keep it at that.
0: <laughs> and then last question for you, uh, not to bring up bad stuff, but what was your most, Crushing defeat you ever had
2: um, you know what if I think about the ones that still hurt the most um losing losing a derby uh, against uh, Braunschweig, uh which was Hanover's big rival in germany mm. um, I think that was that was bad and then you we already talked about it you know the World Cup performance in two thousand and six, some of those results were tough uh, especially against Czech republic uh or, um, or Ghana in the in the uh, two thousand and ten World Cup. Yeah. I think that was a game. I think it was a game uh, we definitely could have and probably should have won.
0: Yeah, I know. Great goal by Clinton that game. All right, we've been speaking with Steve Trundolo. He is the man in charge of L A F C, and uh, a lot of great players coming over from Europe and Chiellini and Bale, and they already had a pretty good roster. So all eyes, as I mentioned, on Los Angeles. Steve, best of luck, and we'll see you when you come up here to San Jose to take on the Earthquakes.
2: Sounds great. Looking forward
0: to it. All right, I'm Rick Tittle. We'll take a quick break and come on back on Sports Bio. This has been the Rick Tittle podcast on the Eight Side Network.